Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Les Talk podcast. We are super pumped to be with you this Thanksgiving week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure to rate and review and share it with your friends. Before we start the episode, we wanted to give a quick shout out to our social media pages at Les Talk Pod on Instagram and Twitter. There you will find that we are doing a lot of fun stuff, posting a lot of content, getting in arguments online, posting polls. We're doing all kinds of stuff, and we know you'll really like it. Also, check out our website, lestalkpodcast.com. Without further ado, let's get to it. Let's boo. Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over here, yes, right? Let's back this bowler. Yeah. 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 Let's go wild, man. Let's, Let's go. We're at a waterfall, dude. All righty, listeners, once again, welcome in to our Feast Week episode. Woo! Um, we had a good weekend in BYU sports, and honestly, a good month it's been so far. Yeah, November's um, been kind to us. What do you want to start with? We've got a few, what do you call them? Olympic sports? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Extra murals. Oh. oh yeah. <laughs> but there's a few things to hit on. Cross country. BYU is cross country U. Yep. <laughs> I think it's yeah. safe to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. XCU, baby. XCU. We had Connor Mance win the men's individual and Whitney Orton win the women's national championship, which is awesome. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> Bringing home two natties to BYU. Yeah, so shout out to them. And it's first time in like a long time that uh, the same team has like brought home two individuals, like in men's and women's. Heck yeah, not bad. Um, that has given us points for the illustrious Commissioners Cup or something. Yeah, I think it's Directors called the Commissioners Cup. Cup Directors right? Cup. Is it Directors Cup or Commissioners Cup? It's Directors. It might be Directors Cup. Yeah, it's basically the best. You know. Yeah, athletics department. Yeah, it's in the director's cup. That, director's mm-hmm. cup. Yeah, that's always just a long list of Power Five schools plus BYU. So, yeah, I think we came in at number seventeen last year or something. Like we're that. always yeah top twenty in we're it. Up yeah, there. we're top twenty. Also, shout out to an extramural sport, BYU men's soccer, which is a club team not associated with the NCAA. Right. Won the national championship over Horns Down University. Yeah. Yeehaw. So shout out to them for doing that. Uh, I honestly had no clue that men's soccer was even going. Same, but yeah. they won the national championship. Kind of just like lacrosse, we had no clue that was happening. They won the national True. championship. So I think, I think the moral of the story is, if we as a podcast just don't pay attention to a sport, they'll win the national championship. Oh, okay, that's a good point. What should we talk about? Maybe then? we should change into a I don't know. Social Issues Podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Silent, like, ASMR podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, taco reviews. Oh, yeah, no, that, okay. that sounds better, yeah. actually. Yeah. Everyone loves food. Yeah. Everyone go listen to Taco Tuesday by Migos. <laughs> <laughs> hey, these are good off-season ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll oh, come yes. back to this. <laughs> and on the other side of the coin, you've had BYU women's soccer team. They are an NCAA team. Yes. Mm-hmm. They played the uh, number one overall seed, Virginia, 
at Virginia and came out with the upset. Huge <laughs> Very upset. Impressive. They have a game this week on Saturday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep, yes. Saturday against South Carolina. South Carolina. Who has yet to concede a goal in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. At Southfield, already sold out. Sold out in what, 10 minutes right 10 here? minutes. Gosh. So. <laughs> Legacy donors were only able to buy like standing room only tickets. Oh that's, how, that's how my many goodness. people wanted to go. So if you have a Rock Pass, your Rock Pass will get you in free, yeah. right? Does it? I, I remember when we tried to go to the Sweet 16 last year, it didn't. Because it's an NCAA tournament event. Okay, this year I, I, I thought I saw works. something. Yeah, I'm that was in 2019. Out. Though it might be completely different now. We probably right. should have researched that before we yeah. started talking about it. Yes, free rock pass, uh, free entry for rock pass holders. That's yeah. awesome. So, that is absolutely awesome. So everybody surely. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll be standing the whole time, <laughs> and come cheer them on. I think they have a very good chance against South Carolina, and then. They're off to the semis or something. If I'm not the, mistaken, California. they are the only seeded team left on their side of the bracket, correct? Holy crap. Which so, Everyone women, else has been upset. Yeah, women's soccer is weird. They only like seed like half the teams in each mm-hmm. side of the bracket. And so the fact that BYU is the only seeded team means they're basically the favorite to yeah. you know go to the national championship. Yep. They probably will be the favorite their next two games, I think. And then they'll play someone from the other side who's really good. <sighs> That's so, insane. Stay tuned for that. Should be fun. Yes, a little side note. With all of the success around campus, which really has been just weird, like, BYU's just been so good at so much. Not a single BYU athletic program has lost a game since October 30th. Oh my goodness. That's a different month. That is a different month. month. Soccer, cross country, women's basketball, basketball, football, women's volleyball. That's amazing. <laughs> hashtag that amazing. no lost November. No lost November. <laughs> yep, we're going to turn that into a hashtag. Get it trending. <laughs> no um, jinx. Knock on wood. Knock, knock. Let's dive into the football game. Let's do it. And this game reminds me of the work of an artist named J. Cole. Oh. Called Ooh. A Tale of Two Cities. Oh. With a Z. Oh, okay, yes. Because <laughs> this game was A Tale of Two Halves. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> can I just say that I found it, I found it interesting that Danny brought up the uh, not the Charles Dickens, the Charles Dickens like world class novel nope, Tale of Two yeah. Cities, but the song by J Cole. Yeah, there's only one of those that I think is. You see, worthwhile. we are a podcast of culture, exactly, <laughs> not of antiquities, refinement. Oh mm-hmm. yes, of course, out with the old. Yeah. In with the new. Mm-hmm. This game was a little too close for comfort early on. Georgia Southern scored on three of their first drives. But then, or three of their four first drives. Yeah. And then they never scored again. So. <laughs> Shout out to our defense. That's your game summary. <laughs> <laughs> so my phone died. So I was in Columbus, mm-hmm. right, for the yeah. Ohio State um, Sparty game. And my phone died because I was, like, trying to send pictures, and my phone just doesn't do well in the cold. Um, so I didn't get to watch hardly any of this game. I basically just followed it on McKinley's phone after the Ohio State game. So give me the rundown. What did you guys see? Uh, why was it so close? Why were we only up three at halftime? Et cetera. You see, this game went exactly how I thought it would. I said that we would eventually figure out their offense, and then we would win. 
we struggled in the first half with a triple option attack that we weren't used to. You know how like West Coast teams that go to the East Coast, they kind of play a sleepy half just because, you know, the weird travel. Uh, in the second half, we did figure it out. We shut them out completely. Georgia Southern played hard for their sellout senior night. There was a stat that I forget if it was since 2016 or I don't know, in the past few years, Georgia Southern was undefeated in front of a sellout crowd. Wow. The crowd was sold out mainly because like half the crowd there was BYU. <laughs> yeah. But we gave them their first L. We took care of business. It could have been 41 to 14 or 41 to 17, but we took a knee at the five yard line at the end of the game. So it wasn't Classic. quite as close as the score might reflect. But yeah, it, it went pretty much how I thought it would. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. It wasn't in, you know, a resounding victory. And just looking at, you know, the final score, this is probably a game I would like give crap to Cincinnati to or something for, <laughs> yeah. you know, not winning big enough against a inferior team. But, you know, the second half was a completely different story than the first half. Our defense really figured things out, turned it on, forced turnovers. And if it weren't for Kalani's sportsmanship, we could have scored more, won mm-hmm. by more, and had a better you know, national recognition. But I guess he's a principled man. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike we are. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we are not men of principle on this book. <laughs> so I was following the game, and I saw that, like... I, I, like, it was the very end, right? And I'm like, are we going to score again? What happened? And we're, like, kneeing the ball, and then there was an unsportsmanlike conduct or something? Like, as we're kneeing yeah. the ball? What Got was that chippy. about? Double unsportsmanlike conduct. The what happened? So the game was already chippy, but towards the end, we were kneeing the ball out, and one of the Georgia Southern defensive linemen basically punched one of our offensive linemen in the face and ripped his helmet off of his head. Are you serious? And then they got into, like, a little scuffle. And a Georgia Southern guy came in and escalated it. So they called an unsportsmanlike on both of the Georgia Southern guys, not on our offensive lineman for fighting back because, you know, he just got his helmet right. ripped off. In retaliation. Yeah. So those compounded. We were at like the 35, and that was a 30-yard penalty that took us to the five. So. <laughs> yeah. Dude, if that happens to me and I'm kneeing the ball out, you know what I'm doing? <laughs> I'm scoring a touchdown, I'm going for two, and I'm kicking an onside kick. For two. <laughs> I'm throwing a Hail Mary. Like, yep, wow. exactly. Freaking Kalani, why does he have to be too nice? Yeah, I don't know. Let's run through a couple of stats in the game. Uh, Jaron Hall wasn't the best in terms of efficiency. He threw just over 50%, 17 of 29. But his yards per completion were high, finished with 312 yards, two touchdowns, and again, zero interceptions. Not bad. Yeah, clean game from him. Our receivers played really well. We had a lot of big passing plays. Puka had two touchdowns, both of those. Samson had a few, you know, 20, 30 yarders. Same with Gunnar Romney and Keanu Reeves as well. Oh, has continued his cool, cool, good form. Had a couple good, uh, big receptions in preparation for his movie coming out. Yep, this fall. Keanu Winter. Reeves Hill. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, I think the biggest thing that stands out to me when I was checking the stats, uh, they were killing us in time of possession early, but we kind of, you know, flipped that. But three of ten on third down. Yeah, yeah. that's really that was bad. Kind of ugly. <laughs> so it was weird because the first seven, like. We had scored 17 points, and at that point, I think we were 0 of 6 on third down. That's ridiculous. Like, we just didn't have a third down lots of times. Okay. Like, we just scored. Yeah, and went for it on fourth down. Went for it on fourth down, and we got it. Made up for it. I I think we were 5 of 6 on fourth downs. Yeah, yeah, we went for it on a ton of fourth downs. It was was just a weird, weird game. Georgia Southern was playing physical. They were showing out as their senior night. They wanted to, you know, upset the big dog. 
luckily we pulled it out, which is something that a lot of teams can't say this season. So yeah. I'm just happy we got a dub. Yep. Me exactly. too. We won game. That's what matters most. One more thing I want to mention. We talked about how it got kind of chippy, you know, in the second half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had a burrito gate in this one. <laughs> burrito gate. <laughs> burrito gate. <laughs> After the game, Kalani Satake mentioned that the fans were like throwing burritos at the BYU bench at some point, <laughs> which is beyond me. I do not understand why you throw a perfectly good burrito away from you onto the football field. I, I yeah, I got no, no words for that one. <laughs> burritos are delicious. Why wouldn't you just eat it? I don't know. Burritos don't aren't know. even like a reliable thing to throw. You throw it midair, the tortilla wraps apart, the contents explode all over the place. Unless you're like looking for a splatter effect. Not yeah, even like a reliable thing effect. Throw. Maybe. I mean, it looked pretty cool, right? Maybe you caught that in slow-mo, like going off somebody's face mask and like all the burrito <laughs> contents goes into their face. You know when like players get that tuft of grass stuck like, <laughs> oh, yeah. in the upper corner of their face, <laughs> their mask? face mask? It's just a tortilla with like beans and rice hanging. beans in there. <laughs> <laughs> also, how do you get a burrito into the stadium? Like, uh, we don't sell burritos in our stadium. I mean, kind of, yeah, we sell Costa Vida, right? Uh, do we? Oh, I didn't. I, I, I know I we used to at one point. Yeah, I've we? seen people with like okay. little aluminum things. Costa Vida. So these aren't like plate. these aren't like Taco Bell burritos. These are like big, huge. Yeah. Fat. <laughs> like, these are good burritos. It's <laughs> like a nine dollar burrito. You're at a stadium too. Yeah, the burrito probably cost an arm and a leg. <laughs> I have another theory. That I just thought of. Okay. Because there were a lot of BYU fans at this game. Mm. It was almost a home game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of like. BYU chants that started kind of spontaneously. What if this burrito was thrown by a BYU fan mm? to oh. nourish one of the players? <laughs> <laughs> so when, when Puka Nakua came out with like the hurt hip or whatever, yeah. they just threw him a burrito and He's said, like, here. <laughs> This will help pick my burrito. <laughs> like a half-eaten pork burrito. <laughs> Puts the lid back on, pinches it, throws it. Fans just love to contribute, you know? If I was on the football field, if I was on the sideline and a burrito just landed in my hands, you know I'm taking a bite of that thing. Oh, heck yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you throw it back. Love a good burrito. At least it wasn't some dangerous like a golf ball or a mustard bottle, right? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> mustard bottle. Shout out Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Good old voles. Okay. Volunteer spirit. Well, um, as we look to the bigger picture of college football, we had quite the week. It was a very exciting week. Lots of good games and games that were good that shouldn't have been good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was just it was a good weekend. And uh, should we start off with our uh, fastest 15? I say we do it. Let's go for it. Let's go. Boom. Let's start off in Seabus, where the Buckeyes absolutely slobber knocker the Spartans. Tuck most definitely was not coming, and Ohio State's offense looked like Anakin mowing down a bunch of younglings in the Jedi Temple. Too soon. CJ Stroud was definitely too dangerous to be left alive, but Sparty's defense was nowhere close to shrouding his greatness. Buckeyes wallop the Spartans 56 to 7. We head to Fayetteville, Arkansas, where a bunch of Razorbacks attempted to surf a crimson tide into victory, only to go over the falls and wipe out in gnarly fashion. <laughs> Shouldn't be number two in the nation, Alabama, fell victim to the best fake punt jump pass in the history of the game, but ultimately survived with a 42-35 victory. What a shame. We head out west too. This is the place where Brigham Young's older brother, Blitton Covey, is still playing football. 
the scrutes donned their new puke-stained helmets and took the ducks to the woodshed. Puddles piddled a puddle of pee when oh. confronted with a real bird who oh swooped my. in and tore Mario's team apart faster than a level 10 Bowser's castle. Utah staked its claim as the second best team in the Pac-10 South, tearing Oregon from CFP contention to shreds. 38 to 7. The Deacon Demons emerged from their wake forest upon so-called Death Valley of Clemson, mm. South Carolina, where Clemsuck remembered how to run the ball. Mm. DJ Unga Ukulele continues to struggle, but the Ligers had two backs eclipse the century mark, and despite Wake Forest quarterback Sam Wise Hardman's best efforts, outgained the Demonic Deacons 543 to 406. Clemson won this one 48 to 27. Dang it! Golly! And Normamu, Dr. Strange definitely had a hold on this one, as Lincoln riled up his boomers and stormed Brock, not the Rock Purdy, for seven sacks. What? Day at the office. In a game that resembled a two-year-old's tea party, we want Caleb Williams put on an absolute show, throwing for a whopping 87 yards and a pick. No, wow. that's a game. Matt Campbell can't spell victory, falling to Oklahoma 28 to 21. Just when you thought there could not possibly be any more new heartbreaking ways to lose, Scar won is rusty, and the Cornhuskers prove you wrong with a 35 to 28 Wisconsin good. <laughs> Nebraska, I mean Nebraska, kept it close, but only proved they're the best, worst team in the nation after being battered by Wisconsin. 35 to 28. Wow, I couldn't tell if that was Gollum or an apostle giving their last talk. <laughs> in the Alamo Dome, Davy Crockett and the troops had their backs against the wall as the, players clo as the Blazers closed in on a season-ruining upset. However, the Roadrunners <laughs> caught Wiley Coyote on his hindquarters and zipped past at the last possible second for a thrilling 34 to 31 win. Give UTSA their respect. Damn. Top 15 team? Definitely. Try top five. Next up in Armpittsburg, Brenny and Kenny battled it out for first place in the weak CC Coastal. I love to pat Nard's doozy, woke his team up. <laughs> in the second quarter and outshot the Cavaliers, who now look to Bronco to mend their halls as they prepare to fight for bowl eligibility. <laughs> Pitt snags the coastal title like unto the little fluffy from the copper tone sunscreen logo, beating Scourginia 48-38. We head over to Los Angeles, <laughs> where Ukla and Usk duked it out for ownership of the 35 football fans in the arena. Jackson hoped to blow a dart right into the Bruins' neck, but instead got torn apart like a picnic basket left open in a bear-infested camping ground. Talk about a blue dart. Dart <laughs> DTR threw the ball right into the Achilles' heel of the Trojan, wiping them off the map with a 62-33. to 33. The urine bomb cowboys giddy up right into Ogden and took the mere agricultural boys to the saloon and beat their heads in. The Moo Moos went to bed after the first quarter and Titus Swen ran all over the black and blue for 169 yards and two tuddlies. Utastate drops a sneaker at home to Y, Oming, 44 to 17. We head on west to Corvallis where the beavers fought with the sun devils over the rights to damnation. Oh my. Herm Edwards got confused and thought the point of the game was to rack up as many penalty yards as possible. 
but alas, he was wrong. Does that a lot. Oregon State slaps ASU out of Pac-12 South contention with a 24-10 victory. We head to the not-so-great state of Kansas, where the Horn Frogs hopped on mm -hmm. over to rock chalk the Jayhawks. Mm. Kansas is quietly turning into the Big 12 conference wrecker, but the basketball school was ultimately no match for Texas I mean, TCU. TCU injured by three, 31 to 28. We take a detour into Sweet Home Alabama. Do, 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 do. Where skies are so red. Mm -hmm. South Carolina took their massive Gamecocks onto the field where they crowned themselves the new Tiger Kings. Jason Brown threw three touchdowns on 10 completions what? on his way to helping South Carolina beat the Auburn Tigers 21 to 17. What a stat line. Next up in Columbia, Missouri, not our Dan Mullen pooped his pants worse than a six-year-old with diarrhea. Now oh, that's gross. In a touching tribute to the Texas Shorthorns, the Gators decided to choke harder than a resuscitation dummy in a CPR class. Steve Spurrier cried himself to sleep as Flo Rida really did go down for real. In flames. Mm-hmm. Mizzou wins 24-23. Speaking of the Shorthorns, they took a trip up the Appalachians to visit the scripts of Mountaineers, but <laughs> choked, choked <laughs> due to lack of oxygen on the way up. Steve Sarkisi choke says that Texas has less culture than all white suburban neighborhood <laughs> as they lose the chance to become bowl eligible. Darn. <laughs> West Virginia chortled in its joy as it galumphed to a 31 to 23 victory. Whew. Now that was a doozy. There you have it, folks. That was all you need to know about the most important 15 games that happened in week 12 of college football. That was definitely an all-inclusive uh, coverage of the weekend. Mm -hmm. Comprehensive. <laughs> well, um, as far as our picks went, Justin had the big week of the week. Ooh. Heck yeah. I went 8-2, and two, just took a one Game lead over Jared, who went six and Ooh. four. Danny also went five hundred at five and five. So not yes, a bad week sir. for any of us. So not too bad. Pretty good. Yeah, Arizona State really let me down this week. I was on the East Coast trying to stay up to watch the game, and it was like two a.m. over there or midnight, whatever. And I had like a six a.m. flight, needed to get up at four, <laughs> and I was like, I can't be staying up to watch this. Dang. So I went to bed and woke up to the terrible news that. The true damnation lies in Beaverton. Oregon State really did it for me. I was the only one that picked Oregon State, down. and they came up big for me. Yeah, that was huge. Uh, as for our upset picks, we all won outright. Mm. Look at that. I think that's the first time, right? That is the first Three time points. that we have all won, and all won outright. So, score Gami for the podcast. For Dan, Colorado <laughs> beat Washington. For me, Baylor beat Kansas State. No surprise. And for Jared, Air Force beat Nevada. So, kind of big. Yeah, it's a good week. Amen. Um, as far as like big news, big results, um, Columbus was absolutely insane. Oh yeah, what uh, was that? It was so fun. Big Ten football is just different. Like <laughs> it was insane. Um, we went to game day. We went to the skull session. We went. We we like toured the tailgate scene before the game. We had pretty good seats on the upper deck. You know, it was 
it was very loud, and the game was crazy as well. And my apologies to JackSports15. Uh, he's messaged us and said that he wanted Michigan State to win, but I'm sorry. Had to be done. Sorry, Jack.Sports15. Sorry about it, Jack. Whoever you are. Better luck next time. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, um, I think Sparty is officially fraud. Yeah, the, yeah fraud major status. efforts. They got major, exposed. Major, major efforts. Uh, and we'll be reacting to Ohio State's ranking later. Mm, later on in this episode. Yes. I'll be very mad if they're not number two. Absolutely. In another big matchup, we had Oregon, who was you know in the playoff. The committee's darling came to Salt Lake City, mm. the place, mm-hmm. and got fadoodled. <laughs> yeah, thirty-eight to seven by Utah. Um, Utah looked really good. Well, they played really well. I don't. I wouldn't say they looked. That's an important distinction. Mm-hmm. They had their USS Salt Lake City uniforms, which. What did you guys think? Very interesting. Honestly, I liked them. I thought they looked cool. I thought it was, you know, it was definitely different for Utah, but I thought they looked nice. Yeah, I mean, it was mostly gray, some black, mm-hmm. and like a weird brown on the helmets mm-hmm. that was supposed to be like an explosion of some kind. There's a battleship scene. <laughs> so, I mean, when you look at the details, it's pretty cool, but it didn't always look super good, kind of zoomed out when they were playing. That but, was my take, yeah. 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 I don't it was really exciting for Britton Covey. Uh some the valedictorian of his gra- high school graduating class showed up, Russell M. Nelson. Ooh, so, oh look at that. Yeah, look at that. Wow. So two two friends from the class of nineteen twenty three or something. This is a great <laughs> showing game up for supporting each other. Yeah. Britton Covey being old jokes. Yes, and guess what? <laughs> All time game. Britton Covey has one year of eligibility left after oh, this one. How in the world does gosh. he still have eligibility? I don't know. Going on a decade, it seems. How? How? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's uh. That's kind of bad. <laughs> okay. Well, now let's react to the latest college football playoff rankings. Alrighty. Well, here we are. Let's uh. We just watched the reaction or the ranking show, so let's react a little bit. BYU, we moved up to thirteen. Moving up to thirteen is not bad. Uh, you know, we were at fourteen, moved up to thirteen. You'd like to see us move up a little higher, but I think our ranking is warranted. But how do you feel about being behind two teams that absolutely just got slobber knockered? Oregon at are they at eleven or twelve? Oregon's at twelve or at eleven. Oregon at eleven, Michigan State at twelve. How do you feel about being behind them? You know what? Honestly, I I don't like it as a BYU fan, but it kind of gives us a little picture into what the committee's thinking. They still think of BYU as a tier three team, mm-hmm. not as a tier two team. Right. They still think that you know Oregon, Michigan State, even teams like Oklahoma and Baylor, right? Like those are still a tier above us, which doesn't give me a lot of hope for an NY six bid. But there is still a shot that we could get up there. Yeah, there's still a shot. I mean, some dominoes would really have to fall. You know, being independent, we're put in a position where we don't have a conference championship game to play to go beat a ranked opponent. You know, we just have to play a downturned USC, who is four and six currently, and hope for the best. So, I mean, in order to make a New Year's Six, what do you think has to happen? Well, a lot of things have to fall right. For example, um, Michigan State. They have to lose to Penn State, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. BYU obviously has to win at USC. Oregon, right. 
doesn't really matter what happens to them because regardless, a Pac-12 team is going to take the, take Rose, the Rose Bowl. Bowl. Exactly, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma, they need to lose at Bedlam. Mississippi, or Ole Miss, they need to lose in the Egg Bowl on Thursday night. Which wouldn't surprise Huge me. game. Would not surprise me if that happened. Right, right. Baylor, we need them to lose in the Big 12 championship to Oklahoma State, who needs to win out. Notre Dame, I don't think there's any getting around. No, yeah. Right. Um, I don't think there's any getting around a Michigan team. No, I think if Michigan Michigan's right now is at number five, if they lose to Ohio State, I, I think they're going to there's no remain way. in the top ten. Right. Unless they get like booty handled like Michigan State did. I mean, Michigan State dropped from what? They were at seven, six, seven. So they're at seven to twelve. They dropped five spots after getting booty walled. Michigan at five. They get booty walled if they drop five. Still in the top ten. That's true. So there is hope that BYU could jump Michigan State, Oregon, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, and Baylor. Right. Right. Which, which would technically, like, if all went according to plan, that would put us at number eight, firmly in a New Year's Six bid. At least I think so. Right. We don't know what the New Year's Six people are going to want. But if all those things do happen, I think we have a good shot. Here's the thing. Being it with New Year's Six Bowls, us being independent and having to get an at-large bid, there's no real guarantee. Like, we could be ranked number seven, and there's no real guarantee that we'll actually it's get a New Year's Six. We could theoretically be ranked 21 and be invited. That's how these weird bowl games work. I'm trying to think of the teams around us. Teams that would kind of stay in our boat. Um, you know, Wisconsin's kind of floating around. Ole Miss is floating around. Really, what's going to happen is the New Year's Six committee is going to want somebody that's going to bring revenue to the game with a large fan base. BYU does have a large fan base, but so do these other teams that have massive alumni networks. So, hopefully, hopefully we can sneak in. I'm still putting it at about a 35% chance, though. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty safe. I think the things that need to happen are a lot more possible than we thought originally. Yeah, exactly. But even if those do go according to plan, based on what the committee's done, it doesn't give us a ton of hope that even if they all did happen, BYU would get a New Year's Six. Yeah, I don't know. BYU's going to be Power 5 soon in two years, so maybe, I don't know, maybe they'll say, okay, we're kind of keeping the money within the Power 5 still. Right. Let's just, I mean, we're just theorizing at this point. We have absolutely <laughs> no clue what's going on in the empty, dumb head of Gary Barta. Yep. So... Uh, um, some other big news from this rankings reveal. Guess who's finally in the playoff picture at number four? Finally! Cincinnati, a group of five team, is in the playoff if it were to start today. That is such big news. Just to know that like the committee had the balls to actually put them in the top four. Mm-hmm. Now, and Ohio State's at number two, right? Which I think yeah, deservedly. Very right? deservedly. Right. And so if you look at it with Georgia at one, Ohio State two, Alabama three, Cincy four, this is going to work itself out. Like, Cincy is in, right? Like, as of right now, they're they're like a 90% lock as long as they went out. Unless they do something stupid and lose in the American Championship game. That would right. be the only reason they would get left out. If they do win out, now that the committee has put them in, I think they would need to justify them, justify themselves in taking them out. And I don't think they'd be able to do it sufficiently without the media freaking out, without the whole nation freaking out. <laughs> so yeah, Cincinnati might be a lock. I I would like to think so, but listen to this scenario. Okay. So say Alabama beats Georgia. Okay, Alabama beats Georgia. Georgia drops to maybe two or three. I'd say three, right? So you'd three. have Alabama one, 
Ohio uh, State, Ohio two. State two, Georgia three. Mm-hmm. Number four spot, you have Cincinnati, undefeated AAC champion. Okay. You have one loss, Notre Dame. Okay. One loss, two Cincinnati. And let's say that Oklahoma State wins out, gets two top ten, maybe even, yeah, so two top ten victories to finish out the season. Right now they're sitting at seven, but they will play number 10 and number eight. If they win both of those are big 12 champ, do you think they could take Cincinnati's spot at number four? I don't. And here's the reason why Notre Dame is at a disadvantage because it doesn't have a conference championship game. Right. So they'll have the recency bias with Cincinnati who will be playing theoretically a ranked opponent in Houston. Right. So Notre Dame's not going to get it because the committee, we've seen that the committee honors sometimes, unless you're Michigan state (laughs) or Michigan honors sometimes the head, to head. Right. Obviously, Cincinnati has that head-to-head with Notre Dame. The Oklahoma State one is very interesting, and I think no, just because the committee hasn't shown a lot of respect to Oklahoma State in the past. You know, Oklahoma State's kind of a Tier 2 program to them, I think. Right. Cincinnati's like a Tier 1.5 right now. To them, they're a Tier 2. To the world, they're like their sweetheart. They're their number one, so you know, yes. you've got to kind of put them at that 1.5 spot. Oklahoma State would have two top 10 wins, yes. But if Houston remains... You know, if, if Houston keeps doing, taking care of business and is undefeated going to the American Championship game, and since he gets that win, I think it will be just enough of a boost to keep him at number four. I It's an interesting debate, and I totally see a reasoning. I just I think it would force the committee's hand at that mm-hmm. point because you would have the debate of is it the best team or the most deserving team, right? Mm. Because you could argue that Oklahoma State or Cincinnati, you know, maybe Oklahoma State is technically the better team, but Cincinnati might be the more deserving team, right? So I think that's an interesting debate. Here comes the next question. Say Georgia beats Bama, Bama's out, right? Yep. Okay, Bama's We're out. kind of assuming that? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ohio State beats that team up north this week. Okay. Wins Big Ten, they're in. Oklahoma State wins out. Cincy wins out. We're assuming Georgia, Ohio State, Cincy. Mm-hmm. The number four spot would be left between probably Notre Dame or Oklahoma State. What do you think about in that scenario? At that point, I think I have to go with Oklahoma State just because they're both one-loss teams, but Oklahoma State has the recency bias with the Big 12 championship game that we're right. assuming that they're going to win, right? So they're a 12-1 and team with a conference championship, two top 10 victories at the end. I think that bumps them past Notre Dame because Notre Dame, while they have a good strength of schedule, they don't have any top 10 wins, if I'm mistaken. No, they're only, I'm pretty sure the only ranked team that they've played, besides Wisconsin, that they won, like, yeah. luckily, was Cincinnati. Yeah, they beat Wisconsin, lost to Cincinnati. If Oklahoma State goes and beats Oklahoma and beats Baylor, right. then Again, yeah, I, I think... Are, yeah, because they'd beaten Baylor once. Yeah, then I think they're in. I agree. I think Oklahoma State is kind of lurking there. Yeah. I think that's Cincinnati's biggest worry. And for BYU fans, you want Oklahoma State to win out, right? Yeah, so that'd be great. New Year's Six, but for Cincy fans, they want Oklahoma State to lose. Yeah, honestly, if I was a Cincy fan, I wouldn't be super worried about Oklahoma State. I think this, the committee put them in. It's going to be really hard to justify taking them out unless they really just lay an egg. So, yeah, I wouldn't be super worried, but yeah, I definitely see where you're, where you're coming from. This is like the pessimistic... <laughs> like the pessimistic personality of every sports fan in the world that's saying the college football committee, the college football playoff committee is just a corrupt organization that's going to do whatever they want to make money. They're not going to honor, you know, the accolades of each team. Right. They just want the teams that will make them the most money. Right. Which is honestly a fair opinion to have because that's what they've shown in the past. 
But let's just cross our fingers and hope that the most deserving teams get in. Let's hope so. Um, my final thought is the New Year's Six projections. I'm going to read you them. Okay. So, and obviously, these aren't 100% true because it does have Georgia 1, Alabama 3. Okay. And that's yeah. not going to hold, right? right One of exactly. those teams is going to But lose. as of today. Right. So, in the Capital One Orange Bowl playoff, you have Georgia Cincy. Makes sense. I love that. Yeah. You know, a rematch of... Of the, the New Year's Six last year. Right. I love that. And then you have Ohio State, Alabama, and the Cotton Bowl. Ooh. That's fantastic. That'd matchup, be a fun right? one, yeah. So in the Rose Bowl, Oregon, Michigan. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, right? that, that's a pretty good matchup. All-State Sugar Bowl, which does have a tie-in, mm-hmm. just like the Rose Bowl. The Sugar Bowl's tie-in is SEC Big 12. Mm-hmm. So right now, it would be Ole Miss, Oklahoma State. Okay, that's fun. I, I find that interesting. Yeah. And then here's where the interesting part comes in. You have the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, which is at large at large. And the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, which is at-large and G5 champ. But because mm-hmm. since he would be in the playoff, it would become technically another at-large spot. Okay. Fiesta Bowl, 8 Baylor, 6 Notre Dame. Makes sense. Right. right? Here's the one that gets me. Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, 10 Oklahoma, and 17 Pittsburgh. Why would Pitt... I Like, I guess they're assuming that they win the ACC. Yeah, like they're, they're assuming an ACC champ. But why, like, because there's no technical tie-in with the ACC that they need to have. Like, it reminds me of last year when the Fiesta Bowl took, you know, barely ranked Oregon over, you know, that came in at 25. It just... Well, yeah, that was a weird technicality, though, where Oregon ended up winning the Pac-12 championship after not qualifying for the Pac-12 right, championship. Right, Because Washington got COVID. I don't know. Pitt, that's, uh, that would be very weird to me because Pitt, as it stands right now, is sitting at uh, nine and two. If they went out, they would be eleven and two. I think they would probably be at that point a top mm, fifteen, top fifteen team. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Yeah. You know, Kenny Pickett's playing great ball. He would bring in a lot of viewership. Right now, he's regarded as the number one QB prospect, if not Bryce right. Young, in this uh, in this year. So, I could see why they're saying that, but I do think that. That kind of just screws over the teams ahead of them. BYU. Uh-huh. And it makes it, it... If they do that, it's basically saying, what you do all year doesn't matter. All that matters is the last couple of weeks and how much money you're going to bring us. Yeah. And if that's the case, college football needs to be revamped, <laughs> changed. Because if all that's... If it's the best team and not like the most qualified team, if the first five weeks of the season don't matter, why do we even play them? Right. So... The the full season, the full season picture has got to matter. It has to, has to matter. Pittsburgh already has two losses. They might lose again. Who knows they'll win? Who knows if they'll win out? Yeah, it's, it's punishing the teams ahead of them. Teams ahead of them should not be skipped. Right. I I absolutely agree. There's no reason that number 17 Pittsburgh should be taken over a BYU or even like uh, Texas A&M or Wisconsin or a one loss or a two loss Oklahoma team. Right. Like, right. Like it, it just doesn't make sense to me, but I guess we'll see. We'll find out. Right. And like we said, this is all bound to change. Yep. All bound to change. It's going to change the next couple of weeks. This is going to be a very hectic. If, if this, these next couple of weeks follow the pattern of like the last 12 weeks of college football, there's going to be movement in the top 15. Teams are going to lose. There are top 15 matchups, so teams are already going to lose and drop out. 
we'll see what happens. All we got to do is cross our fingers and hope and pray that BYU somehow sneaks into the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. That would be absolutely fantastic. Um, check out the weekend watch guides. Uh, it'll be up by the time you hear this episode uh, because we have games on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, all huge games. So go check it out. It has everything that we just detailed on there, who we need to root for, what needs to happen for you know BYU to get into a New Year's Six. Exactly. Again, check that out at letstalkpodcast.com. And now let's move on to a basketball preview. BYU basketball is kind yes. of on fire right now. They're a, a juggernaut. Kind of playing. They ended up ranked number 18 in the AP poll, jumping from unranked to 18. Not yeah. bad. Not yeah. bad at all. They had their huge win against Oregon that kind of gave them that ranking, it seems. And then they played host to a team that's not quite as good as Oregon in Central Methodist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Almost the same won team. 97 to 61. So the game was four points difference between Central Methodist and Oregon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of crazy. Which says a lot about that Oregon game. Because <laughs> that's a big margin. So I obviously was not able to, you know, watch the game. I was at a Buffalo Wild Wings in Columbus. Which is, <laughs> they didn't have the, awesome. they didn't Let have me the tell BYU you. Central Methodist game on. No, they did not. And it was wild in there. They don't have BYU TV on campus. Ohio. No, they do not. But I checked the score. Caleb Lohner was our leading scorer. The guy who couldn't Apparently. hit the broadside of a barn this year. Yeah, with the quietest 19 points I've ever was, seen. It was all putbacks. All putbacks and dunks. Not a single jump shot. Really? Yeah. And free throws. Free throws, layups that he made. Wow. I heard Pope yeah. moved him to center for a little bit of the game. Yeah. Did were... that seem to fit for him? Like, um, I mean, it fits definitely. Like, the way he's been playing, he's been playing as a rebounder and a guy who, like, right. but mm-hmm. he's basically been playing the same style of play as Gavin Baxter. Okay. So, He's just yeah. a shorter version of Gavin Baxter. Yeah, it, it worked pretty well. Central method just wasn't tall. So, so we, yeah. Interesting. Anything else you guys saw in there? Um, They had a player named Bronikowski oh. who looked like a hobbit. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah, Dan called him a hobbit. It caught on in the student section. There were some people all oh, around yeah. us that kept yelling hobbit at him. Wait, Go back to the Shire. Is <laughs> he just like really that. short? He had like, you know, curly, longish hair and a beard and <laughs> super white. So yeah, nice. Hobbit it guy. was it was good to see our offense wake up again. Yeah, our offense was scoring. Our offense was making buckets. Alex Barcelo looked good. Tejon Lucas looked good. Everybody looked good. It was amazing. Loved to see it. One thing I also loved to see: the Rock showed out. The Rock was completely full wow. for Central Methodist, and that is not something that we have seen yeah. in the Marriott Center for a long time. So that is amazing. Love to see that. Uh, very important news. We got close, got very close to having to celebrate a one-to-one dunk-to-turnover ratio. Ooh. True, yeah. Our ratio was six to nine. Oh, nice. Six to nine. Nice ratio. Nice, yeah. Uh, if we would have had three more dunks or three fewer turnovers, we would have hit it, which would have been electric. <laughs> we still don't know what we're going to do when we get a one-to-one, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, the decide. only suggestion was suggested by our wives and it was to kiss our wives. Oh, so, I, th- I mean, that's pretty good I way mean, to celebrate. Fine with me. <laughs> um, we play Texas Southern on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now this game, 
Uh, I don't expect it to be very challenging. Texas Southern is 0-5, but they're only losing by an average of 9 points. Mm-hmm. Stick around kind of team, but I feel like we should handle them handily. Handle them handily. <laughs> Here's a fun little nugget about Texas... Uh, sorry, Texas Southern. I almost said Texas State. Texas Southern. Uh, they don't have a home game until January 8th. That's their first home game of the year. What the heck? So that's kind of insane. They kind of travel around and like the lose in the beginning of the season. That's just their thing. Shaq's son, Shaquille O'Neal's son, Shakir O'Neal, is on the team. Oh, Shaquille so, O'Neal's son, Shakir O'Neal. Uh-huh. Hasn't played a minute. So we probably won't <laughs> see him play at all unless we blow him out and they just throw him in for fun or something. So I mean, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it, too. I'd like to see a healthy Foose. Foose was inactive yeah. for the Central Methodist game. Yeah, what was that? I don't know why. He had a minor ankle roll in the Oregon game that he kind of went oh, out for. Right, he came back right. in. He played on it. But it's just one of those things where we're playing a team that obviously you don't need him for, mm-hmm. and we would like to have him in the future, so they just sat him. Okay. Any updates on Richard Harward? Nothing. The last I've heard is... No. Yeah. Nothing. They're still going to reevaluate him at a later date. Darn. Okay. Well, I mean, BOU basketball is looking really good right now. Like, we yeah. might only lose maybe one or two, maybe none of our non-conference games. Yeah, I mean, we were looking at it. The hardest games that we have left in our non-con are, sorry, every time I Google BYU basketball, it always comes up with the women's schedule. Oh. We have Utah State, which is obviously a rivalry game, Utah rivalry game. Is that one in the the Marriott Center? That's in the Marriott Center, yeah. Utah State's in the Marriott Center. Utah is in Rice-Eccles or whatever the heck it is. Uh, The Huntsman. We play, oh, the Huntsman, (laughs) yeah. We play at Creighton, so that'll be an interesting one as well. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, well, I think we should really come out unscathed the way we're playing. Yeah. I think so, too. I think it's really nice to be ranked this early in the season. Because yeah. if we just keep winning and teams above us you know, lose one by one, we'll keep moving up. Could be a top 15, top 10 team right. by the time seeding comes around, and we'll be in great shape. Yeah, and... You know, the losses don't matter quite as much as in football as long as they're the good teams, right? So even if we yeah. don't beat Gonzaga this season, we'll still probably be top 10. Yeah, as long yeah. as Gonzaga's In college basketball, good. there's such a thing as a good loss. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to remember the stat. I don't remember what it was. I was listening to the BYU postgame show, but BYU is 4-0 in basketball for the first time since like 2016 or something Holy like that. Holy crap. Yeah. It's been quite a while since Weird. we started out 4-0. So shout out to our team who is playing really, really good ball. I like what I'm seeing. Playing great ball, and those games at the Merritt Center are very fun to be at. <laughs> I miss those. Heck yes. Anyway, any last thoughts about BRU uh, basketball? <clears throat> um, nope. It's going to be a good week. Um, more good games for basketball and football this weekend, so stay tuned for our coverage of those. Mm-hmm. And have a good Thanksgiving. Have a very good Thanksgiving. That concludes our show. We'll sign off by shouting out our Instagram and Twitter one more time. Please go ahead and follow us at Les Talk Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We are getting very, very close to those 100 followers. We are currently at 93, so if you can get us there, we would really, really appreciate it. Tell your friends. Also, make sure to check out LesTalkPodcast.com. Share this episode with your friends, rate and review, and have a very good turkey day. <laughs>
I don't like Utah. In fact, I hate them. I hate everything about them. I hate their program. I hate their fans. I hate everything. So it felt really good to send those guys home. Um, they didn't deserve it. Uh, it was our time, and it was our time to win. We deserved it. We played uh, as hard as we could tonight, and uh, it felt really good, again, to send them home to get them out of here. So, um, you know, game always remember. I mean, I think I think their whole I think the whole university and the, their fans and, and the organization is classless. I think you know they throw beer, they threw beer on my family and stuff last year and did a whole bunch of nasty things and I don't respect them and um, you know they deserve they deserve.